Well, hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast Lean Logics with Coach Rajesh. Today, I have a very special guest with me. He is none other than Ajitesh from Bogte Physic. So let's start this. Hey, Ajitesh, how are you? I'm good, Rajesh. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So cool to have you, man. And uh, I want you to introduce yourself like uh, about you and what you do. Yes, of course. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Ajitesh Kogoy. I'm an online fitness coach and I'm the founder of Workday Physique. My mission is to empower busy professionals to achieve their weight loss goals and to transform them into their most confident selves. That awesome. Would be the intro. Yeah. That's a powerful intro, man. Not going to lie. And well, uh, thank you. What does Workday Physique mean? What does the brand stands for? Well, Workday Physique, it started as a podcast and now it has morphed into a blog and online coaching service and uh, all the social media content that is being put out by me through the various channels. But I came up with the brand name because I wanted to build something which is catered to busy people in their 20s, in their 30s, who are working professionals, hence the term Workday and Physique because Mm -hmm. it's relevant to fitness. So my main idea behind creating the brand was to simplify the different fitness related topics that are out there right now, because there is so much of information, people get confused and not everyone really wants to know the integrities behind, you know, exercise, nutrition, they just want to know what works and what they can do right away to achieve results. So I I am a fitness enthusiast myself. I am someone who is very interested in knowing the science behind exercise, nutrition. But I realized that people around me, my friends, uh, people, uh, the the people that I know in real life, they are not similar. Okay, they they are not really interested in knowing the science behind every single thing that they do in the gym. Mm. And when they are exposed to such information over and over in the internet, they get very confused regarding what needs to be done. So I thought I could be that middleman who consumes all the you know hardcore content and distills it into a form which is more palatable for the general population, for the working uh, professional population. So that is really the crux of how I came up with the name. Mm-hmm. Got it, brother. You know, I learned this lesson in a hard way. So what happened, uh, I thought when people joined me as a client, I thought everybody want to learn the science about nutrition and fitness. But later I came to the realization, it's not. Okay, people hire me for the reason. They just want to skip that learning process. Okay, I focus too much on education for people, for clients who don't want that. So he said uh, to me, to my face, Uh, I don't want to know all this stuff. Just tell me what to do. So I learned that lesson in a pretty hard manner. But I get what you're trying to say. Not everybody, you know, wants to learn nutrition science or exercise science like us. So getting right right into the population who are needing it. Awesome, brother. So my next question is, you have already touched, uh, uh, touched about this little bit. Why is it so hard to get fit, even though we live in this abundance of information everywhere? So here is something that I learned from Yuval Noah Harari. So I think it was in his 
uh, it, it was in his book, Homo Deus. I think there is where he quoted this, that nowadays the challenge is not to find more information, which was kind of a challenge during the time of our parents, grandparents, that they did not have access to information. So they did not know what needs to be done. But the challenge in the 21st century is to be able to filter the signal from the noise because there is so much of information. It is a deluge of irrelevant information. So people are getting more and more confused because everyone has a different opinion. And that is why I feel it is more challenging than ever now to learn anything new, to, to learn any new skill, to achieve any goal, because it is paralysis by analysis. When you're consuming so much of information, you're just getting overwhelmed and you're not able to take action. That is, that is the main problem because you're always confused about, does this work? Maybe there's a better way to make it work. Maybe that works. And you cannot commit to you know, doing any specific thing which will actually move you a step forward towards your goal. So mm. this is something that uh, I think most people struggle with, even I struggle with, when it comes to non-fitness related things. For example, when I started the brand, there were things that I had to learn about recording a podcast, editing podcasts, how to do social media, how to do this, that. And there were so many different sources. It, it becomes very overwhelming. But how I suggest people go about things is that try to not follow more than two to three sources on one specific topic. And whenever you're trying to learn something new, you must know that everyone has a different philosophy, a different approach. And oftentimes, multiple methods can lead to the same goal. I mean, there is no one best method. Different ways can lead you to the same result that you're looking to achieve. But when you try to follow multiple methods and a little bit of one, a little bit of the other, it becomes very inefficient and ineffective. But instead, if you just took two to three sources, and committed to whatever they were instructing, you will certainly reach your goals. So that is my take. Yeah. So at the end, it all comes to, you know, abundance of information and people trying to look, maybe this could work or maybe that could work. So it's a ever never ending search, I think. So that is the reason people are not taking actions are just, you know, plug everywhere. True. Yeah. So my next question for you is, why people give up on their fitness goals? You know, when initially when somebody starts a fitness journey, they get very hyped. They will be very consistent for a week. They follow their macros to the T, but slowly they start to give up on their fitness goals. Why this happens? What do you think about this? Well, I think there are multiple factors that play here. Firstly, you're very right that whenever we are trying to do something new, we are always hyper excited to try out the new things. Yeah. Uh, I feel like here there is also a case of shiny object syndrome where we, we see something new and we're just fascinated for it with it for a while. Like when you buy a new gadget, you're like, you want to play with it for a while, but afterward, after, after, after a few days, few weeks, you get, you know, bored with it. I feel that is one reason. The other thing could be that people don't try to figure out why they're trying to work towards a goal. So when they go to someone trying to achieve a fitness goal, I feel it is also the responsibility of the other person to dig a little deeper, to figure out what the person is trying to achieve, what the client is trying to achieve. 
So they could have a health-related goal that they are suffering from so many health conditions and they're, it's, it's causing them a lot of misery in terms of you know, their day-to-day life. So that could be something they want to improve upon. They could be someone who wants to uh, go on the weekends for hiking, for trekking, but because of their current bodily condition, they're not able to you know, take part in active hobbies. That could be one reason. So there could be people with aesthetic goals who want to look better, who want to feel more confident. There could be people who want to, who may have competitive goals. They want to run a marathon. They want to compete in maybe CrossFit teams, could be anything. So it, it helps to dig a bit deeper and understand why you want to get fit. What is your definition of fitness? And understanding your core motivations will make it more likely that you're able to sustain this over a period of time. Because if you just go to someone and say that I want to lose weight and they give you a plan to go and do that. And if there is no awareness of where your inner drive comes from, it becomes a very surface level thing. And surface level things are very hard to sustain over a long period of time. So that is definitely another thing. And lastly, I would say people also have different value systems. That is different people uh, value different things. Some people may value fitness. Some people may value things like family, friends. I'm not saying that these are made mutually exclusive, but some there is always a hierarchy of what we value more over the other, mm-hmm. right? So if someone values, say, time with family, friends, and that time involves, you know, going to party, going to mm-hmm. social gatherings, having a good time, it becomes hard for them to adhere to, you know, a disciplined diet, disciplined fitness regime. It becomes so hard yeah. for them. Yeah. So I feel someone who has different value systems may come under, you know, Kind of, they, they're also influenced by different things they see on TV. They may look at a celebrity and they may think like, you know, it'll be so great if I look like that, if I had that body. And whimsically, they may get into a fitness program, but because they don't value fitness or health as uh, something of priority, they're not able to you know, maintain it long term. So I feel like there are so many different factors at play, but over the top of my head, I think these would be definitely a few things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last one is a really powerful one. The value system. That is a really powerful one. And yeah, if I, if I am going to the gym for six days a week, because I value it that much. Okay. Another person cannot value that much. They may be value something like, you know, they may like to code a computer or sit and work for long hours, which I cannot do that. Okay. So everyone is gifted with their own strength and weakness. We cannot replicate what we see on the internet, what we see with the influencers doing. So sometimes people bite off more than they can chew. They see an end product and try to emulate what that person is doing. If I'm going six days a gym, a beginner cannot do that. If he tries to go to a gym six days a week, chances are he might burn out. He might be completely exhausted or fatigued. So he cannot replicate that. So I think uh, people should start set their standards low when they when they enter into fitness and slowly try to improve over time. So it's basically biting off more than they can chew. So that is, I think that is one of the reasons why people give up on their goals. It, that should Definitely. be a progression. You don't directly sit on higher secondary and write your public exam. You joined a kindergarten, you go to first standard, second standard. So likewise, there goes a progression in fitness too. 
So I think that is a reason. That is definitely a reason because, like, when you try to do too many things, it becomes again, you know, too overwhelming, um, mm. and people give up because it it feels like you have to do so many things. Oh, I have to track my diet. Oh, I have to mm. track my macros also. Now I have to also, you know, record my form at the gym. Mm. I don't even like going to the gym. So many things like clutter mm. their brain, and they eventually decide that you know I should just not do anything. and that is much better than you know trying to do everything all of this this is just too much work so you're mm-hmm. right yeah bro so that leads us to our next question how important are systems when it comes to fat loss and you are a person who talks a lot about having a proper system and mindset when it comes to fat loss so how important is a system for fat loss i think having systems in place is of what most necessary if you value effectiveness efficiency and mm. if you want to get things done within a very structured way within a in a very structured way within a specific period of time i feel like then systems are very important uh because if you if you look at things and uh for example let me give you uh my own example when i started my podcast it would take me like 3 to 4 days just to conceptualize an idea write down a structure record the episode uh process the episode publish it the whole process would take me at least 3 to 4 days for the first couple of episodes but now i can go from conceptualizing to publishing in probably 90 minutes on average so this was only possible because over the time i refined that system i knew that in my environment where i record these are the steps that i need to take to process the audio these are the steps that i take to conceptualize an idea and these are the exact steps that i can execute to go from conceptualizing to publishing uh without wasting you know any time doing things which are not improving the process so now since having that system it doesn't take me a long time to get to my goals so similarly when it comes to fat loss a lot of people waste so much time doing things which are not getting them results they they're wasting time which uh are not doing things which are not moving the needle and i'm a big fan of the pareto principle which states that 80% of your results come from 20% of your efforts but to figure out what the 20% is i feel like it requires a little bit of experimentation and and over time as you experiment as you refine your own process you'll figure out uh, a system for yourself which works for you for your lifestyle for your way of eating and when you know what exactly works and you implement that in place it becomes like it, it becomes something that runs on autopilot you don't have to think too much about what you're going to eat you don't have to think too much about what you're going to do in the gym how you will track your progress because you know that this system works for me and you don't have to go looking for random solutions which may or may not fit into your lifestyle so mm-hmm. i think in in that way it is important to have systems because it makes the process much more time efficient and it lets you get to your goal in a very effective manner so i think it is definitely important to build those systems for yourself and find what really works for your individual lifestyle Mm-hmm. so this is a very powerful thing what you have just said system is very very important when you are trying to build anything either it can be your body your business or anything you need a system you need a routine 
I think it's a one of our job to build proper system for our clients because when they try to find out their own system, it may take them a while. Okay, so as a coach, uh, we can help build systems for our clients. So that is where a coach comes to play. I tell this to my people a lot of time. You don't actually need a coach. You can do it. You can do anything. You achieve your fitness goals on yourself. What a coach does is a coach saves your time. He skips the trial and error part and he saves time. That is the reason why we have a coach. And uh, even in our coaching protocol, when we are coaching a client, we have a system in place. For example, I have a system like for the first two weeks, I don't force them to eat anything, anything. And I don't force them to, you know, track macros at all for the first two weeks. So everybody has a system and that is how results are produced. Even for recording videos for Instagram, even for recording podcasts, you need proper systems. And I started realizing the importance of it recently. That is that is very correct. I mean, like if, if that is a principle that because personally, I'm not a very, I would say, disciplined person. So if I rely completely on my whims and fancies, I would never get anything done. So True. this is never going to happen. So for me, I have to force myself to create that structure around the things that I want to achieve so that, you know, I can actually get to my goals. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's just impossible. I feel so if someone is very serious about achieving their fitness goals, achieving any kind of goal, I highly recommend, you know, figuring out uh the processes that will get you there and creating a structure of framework that you can implement and execute uh, without thinking too much. And that will make the process, you know, so much easier and hassle-free. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So let's move on to our next point. Uh, What is your training philosophy? What do you train for? So obviously when it comes to gym, there are many aspects in gym can train for strongman, you can train for powerlifting, casual lifting for aesthetics. So what is your training philosophy and what do you train for? Well, I really like this question because my training philosophy, I feel, has been influenced by so many different things. The first reason I even got into you know physical training, lifting, um, bodybuilding in particular, was because I wanted to achieve a physique that looks great in outfits. I wanted to be able to wear any outfit of my choice, feel great in my body, uh, be able to, you know, stand out in a room. Okay. I wanted people to be able to look at my physique and say, damn, I want to look like that. That is such a great looking body. That is what I was going for. All right. And I feel that that definition of aesthetics is what drives me to get to where I want to be. But my training philosophy has also been influenced by people like Bruce Lee, uh, I would say even Steve Jobs, because their philosophy of minimalism is something that also drives my training philosophy. So I don't like to have a lot of bells and whistles in my training. I like to keep everything very bare bones. And uh, I try not to do too many things which are not really driving progress for me. So the two main fundamentals, I would say, are minimalism and aesthetics for for 13 and when it comes to aesthetics also i feel like different people have different idea of what looks aesthetic in a physique and that is completely understandable because beauty lies in the eye of the beholder like they would say but 
my personal philosophy is something which I derived from Eugene Sando himself. So Eugene Sando, the father of bodybuilding. Yeah. Yeah. And he had this concept called the Gracian ideal that is coined by him. And he would go and actually measure different Greek statues uh, and see like what uh, looks you know, good. Why, why do these statues actually look good? What are the proportions? So he would actually measure them and try to replicate them uh, himself on his own physique. So he came up with his own system of what looks great. And similarly, bodybuilders like Steve Reeves, they had their own system, like which was not degradation ideal. Steve Reeves had his own system. So I like to personally follow Eugene Sandow's system of degradation ideal. So that is what I uh, think is a very aesthetic look. So that is what I follow. But there is obviously, you know, a personal aspect to it. Like I said, different people find different bodies aesthetic. Yes. But in the modern bodybuilding scene, I feel like we have kind of overlooked the idea of aesthetics in a way that, you know, aesthetics used to be that when you look at someone on the beach, uh, the, a person, a layman would look at a person and say, wow, look at that body. I want to have a body like that. But now it, it has become more of a freakish, uh, I, I don't know, I, I don't know how to put it, but bodybuilders themselves, they want to look, you know, freakish. Like that yeah. is the look they themselves are aspiring for. Like, I want to look like a freak. Yes. So uh, that's not something that appeals to me. I feel like my goal has always been to appeal to 99% of the population, not to that 1%, which, you know, is like bodybuilding fans. So <laughs> I would say that is my uh, main training philosophy. So I train primarily for aesthetics. I don't care that much about maximizing my strength because like I said, I started from a place of wanting to look great in outfits, wanting to feel more confident. And so it has a lot to do with appearance. That is why I would say that drives my training primarily, but it always obviously feels good to hit PRs, uh, increase your strength, increase the number of pull-ups that you can do. But I would say that is like a secondary benefit for me. But primarily, I try to train using bodybuilding methods, which are minimalist in nature and which take me towards, you know, aesthetic goals. Cool, cool. So I really like that you touched on Eugene Sando and Steve Reeves. Since you said you are a proponent of, you know, Eugene Sando's system, I really like the system of Steve Reeves. The difference is, you know, very little bit. Eugene Sando likes to build his physique like, you know, the Herculean physique with broad base, thick abs, bulgy muscular abs. Whereas Steve Reeves always tried to keep his hips very, you know, very low measurement range. He doesn't want to have a wide waist. He always wanted that small waist look. That is the major difference between uh, two things. That and wrist, all the things are similar. They both believed in having, you know, broad shoulders, big legs, big arms, everything similar. And it has become a trend that people started looking down on people who are training for aesthetics. Like saying, oh, if you're not training for PR or one trip max, you know, you're not uh, something, something and uh, things like that. What I'm trying to say is uh, training for aesthetic and bodybuilding is also a worthy goal. You don't always want to do the big three, the barbell bench press, squats, and deadlift. If your goal is aesthetic, there is nothing to be ashamed. And it doesn't mean you are less of a man. I hope you are trying what I'm trying to say. People are trying to meet all each other if they are lifting light weights, if they are doing the weight at a higher range, things like that. I mean, I mean that 
that I can definitely relate to because I see this a lot that, you know, when people say that I want to look a certain way to lift weights, they're very hesitant to say that. People are always, you know, more uh, trying to portray that they're training for performance-based goals. But the reality often is that people do want to look good. And when people come to me and I ask them, why do you want to get in shape? You know, they often say things like, I would like to, you know, be able to click pictures without thinking twice. I would like to, you know, fit into outfits that I used to fit into. So aesthetics, I feel like is what drives most people's fitness goals. So it is not something to be ashamed of, definitely. And there is psychological research to prove that uh, certain kind of body types are more appealing. So it creates something called the halo effect. So people, when they see appealing bodies, they are more likely to consider you as someone who has higher status, someone who is more reliable, someone who deserves more respect. So it improves your social game in general. So there's definitely nothing to be ashamed of. In, in fact, it is good that you're aspiring to better yourself physically. And in the process, you will also, over time, learn to aspire for other goals, which are not just aesthetic, which could be performance related. So everything is interconnected, I feel. So there is definitely no shame. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And... Uh... I have seen in your one of your posts, you talked about golden ratio for men and women. Can you re- touch on it real quick? We are also getting, you know, behind on time. Uh, yes, of course. So this is also something which I derive from Sandow's idea of degradation ideal. So the golden ratio is the number 1.618. So this has been seen in the works of a lot of artists, including architects, including um uh, Greek sculptors, including even people like Leonardo da Vinci, whose works have been speculated to contain the golden ratio. And even a lot of plastic surgeons these days, they work with the golden ratio to find out like, you know, the best way to sculpt your face, like literally. So uh, for the golden ratio to work, this is just my philosophy. I'm not saying that this is the only way to approach aesthetics, but like if you go by the Gratian ideal system, uh, Sando says that in order to have an appealing physique as a male, you'd want a shoulder-to-waist ratio of 1.618. That is like most appealing. Because whenever you're saying things like, you know, you need to have a V taper, how much of a V taper is like optimal? Like if you have crazy white shoulders with a pencil waist, I mean, that would look very ridiculous, right? So where is that optimal balancing point where it looks just perfect? Mm-hmm. So according mm-hmm. to the Gratian ideal, that is the ratio 1.618. And personally, also from experience, that is something I feel that looks really good uh, on mm-hmm. men. And there is research to show that in men, the appeal of a good physique lies in the signaling of upper body strength. So more yes. than anything else, more than the sign of, uh, size of legs, more than the size of anything else, it, it's the signaling of upper body strength, which uh, creates attractiveness. So the most potent marker of upper body strength is your shoulder to waist ratio in a male. And for similarly for women, uh, research shows that the most potent indicator of attractiveness is having a good waist to hip ratio. So a waist to hip ratio of 0.7 is considered by researchers to be uh, the most attractive waist to hip ratio. Mm-hmm. So it is not actually having a certain weight, having less body fat, which is more important, but it is having good proportions. And if you're able to do that at any body fat level, you will look pretty attractive. So I try to use this philosophy, I feel like for my training and it's, it's just a personal thing, I would say. 
Awesome, man. Really, really got a great idea about that golden ratio thing. Because it has been in our, this world since, you know, like Romans, 2000 years. We can see that formula in everything, as you said. So mm-hmm. it's something, you know, worthy to aspire. So yeah, bro, that would be it. And thanks for coming for my podcast. I hope we would catch up again soon. And I really had a great time with you chatting. And I hope my followers too like this podcast. And tell me where can people find you? Well, if you want to look at my content, you can go to workdayphysique.com. That has everything that I create from the blog, to the podcast. You'll find all the social links. So visit workdayphysique.com to learn everything about what I do. And if you'd like to reach out to me personally, I'm most active on Instagram usually, and I'm very friendly. So just send me a DM, say hi on uh, my username is at workdayphysique. So no spaces, just go to Instagram, send me a DM and I'd be happy to chat. Thank you. Thank you, Ajitesh. And uh, had a really great time. I hope we will catch again.